powering through. All right, I hit record yeah. now. You going to do it too? Okay, here, count me in again. Dude, make me feel better. Tell me you forgot last time too. <laughs> I forgot last time too. Oh, good. Yeah. All right, good. Yeah, so it wasn't uh, just me. yeah, yeah. I'm almost glad that I did because it would have been, you know, then you don't feel as bad. Okay, five, four, three, two, one. Now, brought to you by McQuano Coffee Roasters, McQuanoCoffee.com, coming to you live, and by that we mean recorded in advance, from Gut Check World Headquarters in the capital city of a boxing glove-shaped state, and Gut Check South Command, deep in the belly button above the buckle of the Bible belt, it's the Gut Check Press Podcast, with your hosts, Ted Cluck and Zachary Bartles. Hey, welcome to the Gut Check. <laughs> the way I said hey, it was weird, dude. <laughs> it was like I'm a teenager. My voice is cracking. Let me try that again. <laughs> hey, welcome to the Gut Check Podcast. I'm in my own head about it now, dude. <laughs> I, <laughs> I'm Ted Cluck, joined as always in studio by my good friend, my partner in radio, my partner in not being glum this morning, Zachary Bartles. Um, dude, has this short interaction with me made you glum? Am I pulling you uh, down? Because this the whole the the shtick was going to be an episode of you trying to pull me up. Yeah, it, it was, and <laughs> I I'll say this, um, dude. I want to I want to actually hear this about your marriage. I'm just out of curiosity. I have this thing where, um, like K, KK's just generally a more emotionally stable person than me. Okay, so she's like you know uh, always pretty pretty good. And my highs are high, my lows are low. When I'm glum, like I'm really glum. And sometimes I'll get so glum that I will uh, just complain so much or whatever that I'll bring her down with me. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then the whole mood, the whole dynamic of the group gets really dark. <laughs> um, because then she's mad that I've brought her down and, and it becomes a whole thing. My question to you is, what are the like glum dynamics in your marriage? Like when, when you're down, do you bring Aaron down with you? Because I, I just want to say for the record and up front, you have not brought me down. Well, that's um, good. That's yeah, good. yeah, yeah. You've not brought me down. I'm still in a good place. I'm still endeavoring to bring you up this morning. Uh, but what, what's it like in your marriage when like you're glum and she's fine? I think we both usually do a pretty good job of bringing the other up if we're glum. That's good. Yeah, that's good. Um, I think when you're glum and somebody like makes it their goal to fix that that annoys some people but that actually makes me happy like oh that's good that's that's a nice uh that's a nice reminder and and kind of uh your reestablishment of your yeah yeah, your worth and that that your feelings matter to somebody um I, I think, think it would make any normal person feel good you know like if if somebody if somebody in your life was actively trying to make you feel better i would like even the idea of that makes me feel good you know? Yeah. Well, you know, I'm, I'm quite good at that myself. I, I pride myself yeah. on that. I've, I've always had a, a gift for um, bringing people out of the slough of despond. Um, Dude, you are, you are exceptional at that. You've, you've done that for me many times. I, I think that's a, a real gift of yours. Um, well, thank you. Yeah. yeah you're, you're welcome. You're, you're quite welcome. <laughs> thank you, Mr. Cluck. <laughs> yeah, Mr. Ted no Cluck. problem. Yeah. You're having a tough day at work. You know, we're uh, we're, we're here on a Friday morning, just around the water cooler and you're sharing some things and I'm, I'm trying to bring you up, but you want to hear something funny, dude. I do. I would love to hear something funny. We're getting one of those water coolers like they used to have at work with the cone cups. 
Are you serious? You're getting one at the church or at your house? At my house. Dude, they ha- they have one at uh, Calvin's school because the water out there in Hazlitt, Michigan tastes like, you know, silt. Uh, okay. And <laughs> it's like, I don't even think it's even good for you. So yeah, yeah. Um, me and another parent uh, take turns like trading in the empty jugs and, and keeping it full. Yeah. And the last time I was there doing that, I'm like, do you have a price list? And actually yeah. like the last three times I was there, I asked for a price list. Yeah. Uh, and like the standard one is only like a couple hundred bucks and like a giant, giant jug that would last yeah. a family like weeks. It's like four bucks. Um, dude, so, I love those water coolers. Yeah, and those it keeps rip, them nice and dude. cold. Oh, so cold, dude. And, and I'll tell you what I love, and this is probably environmentally sort of, irresponsible but i enjoy the little paper cups me too yeah i like i like pulling them out of that little thing that they're in and and i know they're clean i know there's no like chance of them not being clean and Mm -hmm. and just putting that ice cold water into that little paper cup and then crumpling it up in my fist like there's a feeling of power yeah when you you do that you know you're like yeah take that paper cone i'm i'm stronger than this paper cone um (laughs) but listen you are and you always will be stronger than paper cones well, I appreciate that. And um, dude, here's what I look forward to, okay? So like I'm I'm dreaming about where the water cooler is going to go in your house. And dude, dog on it, I'm kicking myself for not getting that fake cubicle or that oh, cubicle out of buddy, your dad's. Yeah. Cuz we could have done a little motif. We could have put the water cooler right by that cubicle. A little and, like uh, Dilbert section of the basement. A little Dilbert section of it. We could have done water cooler conversation. Dude, we could have done a remote from the water cooler. <laughs> We could still do that. I swear we just, we review each cup of water that we've had, you know, as we, as we chat about our day or week, yeah. how's work, you know, uh-huh. um, dude, when are you getting a water cooler? I'm excited about this. I don't know. It depends on, uh, if things, other things involving where we live, et cetera. Yeah. Develop. Yeah. Yeah. Gosh, gosh, dang, dude, you're glum. What? Um, <laughs> Gosh dang! And you don't, I don't even you don't have my have... mic stand today. I'm just holding the mic and I'm leaning Dude, back in my creaky chair. You hear that? Yeah, no, I'm listening to my own creaky chair. I think we've both got creaky couple chair of old issues guys are, and creaky couple, rockers. Couple of creaky old guys and their creaky old chairs. Off the but, rockers. Uh, <laughs> that would be the. That would be like the morning show bit, you know. Ted and Zach, off, couple of old coots off the rockers. <laughs> <laughs> dude we're halfway there we really we're, are we are halfway there i know isn't that wild um but zach i want to talk about a uh a nostalgic thing okay that I'm experiencing and i have a question about it so uh i'll say off the air we were we were kind of on the air well one of us was on the air when we uh when we did this uh, <laughs> one of us was broadcasting one, um, one of us was on the air, and and I was not recording, <laughs> but I was on the air, and that I was like levitating. <laughs> that is true. What if you were levitating right now, dude? How I wild am. would yeah. that be? No, yeah, I'm, yeah. Do you hear my creaking chair anymore? No. Erotically, or that's no why it's called off the rockers because we start on a rockers, right. and, and then we levitate above it a few levit- inches. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Off their rockers, and and each. Each episode is just kind of a, uh, a trip, like a circuit, you know, through the beautiful yeah. uh, mountain's majesty, then over the like burning tire piles, and then yeah, yeah, back, and then, and, and then and then we close the it up with a little cup of Drano. <laughs> exactly. I wrap you in uh, in in barbed wire, and 
Yeah, you know, as one does, as one that does I with their to radio have on partner. Hand because people yeah, yeah. do that. Yeah, yeah. Like, I let's talk about that. Like, <laughs> and then nostalgia. Let's talk about that, and then nostalgia. So, if you're new to the program, I want to say welcome. We have the best fans in radio, uh, the Gut Check Army. Uh, we love love our fans. Check out the Patreon if you haven't done so. Uh, we are growing the Patreon army day by day, Zachary. I feel yeah. like that that part of our business is just going uh, exceptionally well. But if you're brand new to the program, there's a movie that Zach and I love to make fun of uh, because it sucks. Uh, and it really sucks. It doesn't and think it sucks, though. <laughs> no, it thinks it's the most profound thing that was ever made. And the movie that I'm referencing is, of course, Ethan Hawke's First Reformed, which... <laughs> You and I both gravitated toward for I think levitated the same toward, but yeah, we we yeah we <laughs> levitated toward the movie together non erotically because it's about church. It was made by Paul Schrader, who's from West Michigan, and he had done Taxi Driver, and it has Ethan Hawke, Mister Nineties, yeah, and we're both big Ethan Hawke guys. So I'm a big Amanda Seyfried, Seyfried, however you say it, guys. Well, she's amazing. Yeah, did you see the she dropout? Is. I didn't see the dropout. You should watch the dropout on Hulu. It's it'll pull you in, dude. It is fascinating. Yeah, yeah she's good. I'll check it out. I'll check it out. Yeah, but we were we were both drawn to this movie, and it was just absolutely horrible. It took itself so seriously. It spent the entire two hours up its own metaphorical backside, and mm-hmm. it culminated in a scene in which Ethan Hawke's pa- pastor character uh, erotically levitates. Uh, over a lot of landscapes, and then intends to wrap himself in barbed wire and kill himself. And after intending to blow up like a bunch of innocent people in a complete yeah. left turn of the character who was yeah. already like blase about everything, including someone right in front of him with his head blown off, but then was suddenly just like, ah, I gotta do it. Yeah, super blase. And then t- until it came to blowing up a bunch of people, which, um, yeah, it just it didn't make sense at all. It was a terrible movie. And you know what really upsets me, Ted, is like thinking about how whatever kid wrote that short story that it was based on for his high school literary magazine, he can't afford the lawyers that it would require to sue Paul Schrader. And there's probably no profits to speak of to sue him for. So like, yeah, exactly. Lose, lose, lose. Yeah, it was it was like some college sophomores like first stab at rebellion. You know, Uh, that's how bad it was. But but to put a fine point on what we were talking about. You made the great point. Like, who just has barbed wire around? <laughs> and it's they might a have great tried question. to explain it. I don't remember. Yeah, like I've I've lived in several homes. <laughs> none of them, none of them had just had like a bundle of barbed wire in the garage. I suppose here's here's the only way forward on that. Like, I suppose if you're a rancher, um, you you probably maybe you have a bundle of barbed wire like out in the barn to like you know repair some you know, some fences with or whatever. But uh, yeah, like that's a that's a whole trip to Home Depot. Like I would like to watch that scene in the director's <laughs> cut. Like how much you need just enough yeah. to wrap around my torso. <laughs> how much you need? And the nice old guy that, yeah, the nice old guy that works at Home Depot is like, oh, what are you, what are you working on, huh? <laughs> you know, and he's like, oh, this project where I wrap it around my torso and then drink, <laughs> drink, drink Drano. Drano. Dramatically is a sort of meta commentary on, you know, the environment, which I I mean, yeah, the the environment was was kind of a a third act kind of surprise. It was it was like Jennifer at the end of Re-Raptured. 
Yes, that's right. It was a it was a third act surprise. Except Jennifer was delightful and yeah, oh fun yeah. and brought a lot to the movie. The I almost said movie. It should be a movie. It's, it's a, a movie in our minds, story. dude. Yeah, it's a movie in our minds and and it's a movie in our like you know final draft programs. And if you're new to the program, we welcome. What we're referring yeah. to is a book that we wrote, which is the great American novel called Re: Colon Raptured, <laughs> the complete right. epic, which you can get on Amazon and Barnes and Noble and should get. Because it is absolutely hilarious. It is. And it'll probably start to be assigned in like your college literature classes. Mm, uh, get ahead in of it. a few more years yeah. after, after it becomes a classic. But, uh, but yeah, you can get it. It's, uh, it's way funnier than First Reformed. Mm. And, uh, is anything was, funnier than First Reformed? I think, I think literally anything is funnier than First Reformed. So I have, I have a question for you on his intended like death path. <laughs> like by drinking Drano and by wrapping himself in metal, would he himself become an environmental hazard? Oh. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you need to call like gonna... hazmat teams in to like deal with yeah. his contaminated. Yeah. Yeah. You're not going to sort of bury a bunch of Drano in the ground or cremate you know? him. You're going to get all right. these toxic chemicals. It's bad. Exactly. For... Yeah, like what, what do you like... do with him? Maybe that's the sequel, you know, <laughs> like that was first reform too. like, First reform two colon Second what, what do we do with the body? Yeah, yeah, but uh, no. Needless to say, that was a that was a terrible movie. But I want to I want to talk about a nostalgic thing I'm experiencing. Uh, I have a son, Maxim. He's a sophomore in high school. I think I've met him. Yeah, you've met him. You know him quite well, actually. You played chess with him. You've had him. <laughs> you've had him reverse engineer the outcome of the chess game in real time. Like he was <laughs> he was doing revisionist history. You know, not even two minutes after the game was over. But uh, yeah, you know my son, Maxim. Great dude. So he went to hang out with a friend a couple of weeks ago. And he came back and he indicated that they had watched the first three episodes of Stranger Things. Yeah, great film. I mean, I, <clears throat> streaming yeah, film. Yeah, great program. And my experience with Stranger Things was, uh, I don't know, seven or eight years ago when it came out. I had watched the first season, really enjoyed it. Got halfway through the second season, got bored. I don't know. Life intervened. I didn't like where they were going with it, and I and I tapped out. So that was all that I had experienced of Stranger Things. But now that Maxim is in on it, it's sort of become the show that we watch an episode of together, like as a as a family. And um, I'm really enjoying it a lot more the second time through. I'm now in the second season. Um, so they've introduced the like you know, super aggressive, mulleted, bare-chested guy who drives, like, the the Firebird. That guy's awesome. Right, the new Steve uh, Harrington, because they, they realized people like Steve, and he couldn't be the, the heavy anymore. Yeah, exactly. Do you like Steve? I love Steve, yeah. I have a weird thing on Steve, and then I have a weird, like, high school nostalgia thing. Okay. So here's my weird thing on Steve. I think in some lights and in some angles... In some weird way, he kind of looks like you. Not I think at all. He has some of your features. How? I do. Like what? I don't know. Like there's something about the way, and again, staunchly heterosexual here. I, uh, you know, unbesmirched record in, in that area. But like, um, I think his face kind of looks like yours. And I like how you, <laughs> you feel the need to be like, I feel like these two men have a similar face. Not that I'm gay. Yeah, well, I mean, thinking about men's faces in great detail. Face. Yeah, want... yeah. I saw someone's face. And <laughs> yeah. I, I don't want you to think. Before yeah, I wondered about you, you'd have to be comparing things other than faces. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah. You know, Steve's. 
a lot of yours. It's crazy, <laughs> dude. It's the craziest thing. You know how sometimes you see a guy's <laughs> I don't know that we can leave that in. No, we can't leave that in. I, I, I put that in just to try to bring you up a little bit. I'm probably going to leave it in. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, I just think Steve looks like you. But here's the, here's the weird sort of nostalgic thing. I, I feel like in season one especially, but really in all of it, they really get like the magic of the 80s right. Um, and I love watching it because I love, you know, aforementioned all the, like the CBs, the BMX bikes, the walkie talkies, just the general vibe of being able to like ride bikes all over your town in the eighties and, and have it be fine and have a bunch of fun with your friends and like have little clubs and little scenarios that you were making up because you didn't have smartphones and you weren't like all zonked out on technology all the time. Um, so I do love that about it, but the one, the one thing and I feel like every every piece of 80s media does this. The the high school party scene is just out of control. Um, so that scene where uh, Steve and his girlfriend have the have the fight, she drinks too much of the party. The party is just outrageous, right? It's mm-hmm. in some like nice suburban house, and they're just destroying it. And there's like 200 kids there, and they're all just completely hammered there's alcohol everywhere like this was not my experience for a couple of reasons one like due to being generally a good kid but also due to like the the couple of parties that i did go to were not nearly that like sort of over the top what do you have thoughts on that i have two thoughts one is I mean, in 1984, you were probably in like fourth grade, right? I mean, <laughs> yeah, I wasn't getting invited to those parties in in fourth grade. To be so honest. probably you were more likely to be at at the party you would compare <laughs> to that one in 1994, yeah. rather than yeah, yeah. So there, I think yeah. the, there's a, a gap there for our yeah, experience. Vibe, even though maybe. we have yeah. nostalgia, of, probably more likely to even have the nostalgia because we didn't fully take part. It seemed aspirational. Yeah, that's right. Um, But the second thing is, I think they're not trying to capture the 80s. They're trying to capture a pastiche of movies and TV shows from the 80s. And oh, that's good. In yeah, that party going. scene, they captured them perfectly because that's how, you know, I think of a movie like Say Anything or a movie like Uncle Buck. Sure. And yeah. this is what a high school party looks like. It is out of control in, in yeah. 1980s pop culture and, and teen movies. Um, yeah. There's whole movies around the idea of the big party, you know, yes. anything with Corey Haim and Corey Feldman's going to like have a, a yeah. massive rager and yes. yeah, someone's house always gets wrecked and it's always like a good kid who's, who's like didn't intend to have a big party, but it got grew out of control. Yeah. And, and I think that even, even like the stuff you're talking about with the kids with the, you know, riding around after dark on their bikes with the lamps on and yeah, they're, yeah. they've got their massive, 17 mile range walkie talkies and yeah, yeah. you know, the parents are none the wiser. Yeah. That's more harnessing, you know, eighties media than the eighties themselves. Sure. Yes. I, yeah. We were more free back then, but not that right. free. Not right. that free. Yeah. My parents were involved and yeah, if I was riding my bike after dark, it was like, I don't know. I was a block and a half away at my friend's house. I wasn't like all the way across town. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I have another, I have another Steve Harrington thing. Uh-huh. Um, in season two, the scenes, I'm fascinated by the scenes where like, it's either gym class or basketball practice. I don't know what it is, but he's playing basketball 
against the, the like the shirtless mulleted like super aggressive dude. Yeah. That dude reminds me of like four dudes at my high school. So I, I really enjoy that character. But I want to see a director's cut of like the whole basketball game. Like I want to see how the whole game unfolds <laughs> and how Steve figures it out and how they 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 don't give us enough of that, man, because like I don't look at that bo- that guy's body type and immediately think that guy's great at basketball. You know what I mean? Right. I think um, he's just so aggressive that yeah, he intimidates yeah. everybody. Right. I feel Although like that he wouldn't would really help great, that much like, in basketball, even if people steered clear of you. If you can't shoot, you're <laughs> right. Yeah, no. Like I was the super muscled up guy in high school who wasn't that good at basketball. Like that was my experience, <laughs> and uh, I don't. I don't feel like he would be that good. So I, I'd like to. I would enjoy seeing the whole basketball game. But um, yeah, and you know when that guy is such a um, you know chode to to Harrington. I yeah. always think I wish I could like swoop in with a DVD of the the reboot of the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers movie in which mm-hmm. the guy who plays Billy, uh, the new Alpha, plays yeah. one of the the Power Rangers, and it's just humiliating. And I could be like, oh, see, wow. there's not much to there's not much to fear here. I was going to ask you about that. Like, I don't I don't have any sort of reps with that actor at all. Like before or since, um, has he gone on to do anything since Stranger Things? I don't know. I haven't seen him. I I do know I've seen interviews with him, and he has a a, a jaunty little accent, which is kind of funny. Really, like he's British? <laughs> yeah, that's so crazy, dude. Oh, that reminds me. Oh, this is this is big. This is breaking news. Um, KK and I were watching. Yeah, KK and I were watching a an unbelievably bad Vince Vaughn turd from 2013 last night called Delivery Man. Have you seen the Delivery Man? No. Okay, yeah, so I was in the mood for Vince Vaughn. I was just looking up his library and looking up platforms that we had, and I wanted to watch a Vince Vaughn movie. And it's this 2013 movie that has Chris Pratt in it. It actually has a great cast, where the premise is he's kind of this, you know, 'er ne'er-do-well, 40-something-year-old, just kind of guy who drives a delivery truck for his family's, like, meat business in Brooklyn. And he finds out that... He's fathered 533, like, children due to, like, going to the same sperm bank, you know, so many times in the 90s to, like, you know, donate sperm and get paid. Oh, I've heard that, yeah. That's the premise of the movie. And I was telling KK, we were halfway through it, and the movie was terrible, and she's like, this is so bad. And I was like, I know. It's the kind of movie that, like, the pitch is great. Like, you sell it on a log line, some producer throws $7 million at it, and it gets made. And uh, the result is a terrible movie because it had a terrible script. But um, Jack Rayner, who plays the older brother in Sing Street, is in it. And oh. He's in it for like 10 minutes, and he looks awesome. And he's a little bit younger than he was in Sing Street. And I'm just like, oh, my gosh, that guy. I love that guy. Um, yeah. I wish I looked like that guy. He's so handsome. Again, staunchly heterosexual, but still. Yeah. Dude, I, I'll avoid that movie, even though I absolutely love all three of the actors you named, because it sounds terrible. And I don't think it's a great premise anyway. I think it's kind of, it sounds like a, a premise that you'd get from like a, a hangover type guy. Yes. You know what I mean? Like a, a, or a old school or like those those movies yeah, that the, we all were weirdly, inexplicably kind of smitten with for a hot minute. And then we're like, wait, yeah. ugh, no. Yeah. Yeah. No, those movies are bad. And uh, yeah, this was like a knockoff version of one of those movies. And and what's crazy about it, though, is that Pratt is charming in it. 
Um, this is like early career Pratt where he was doing that sitcom and before he had done Moneyball. Um, it, he's, he's still good in it. Like everything charming about Pratt still works. Vince Vaughn is totally mailing it in. Um, <laughs> he's like doing bad karaoke of Vince Vaughn. You know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> it's like when you and I try to do Vince Vaughn, you know, it just... It it doesn't work. He's totally not into it. He was just getting a payday. But, I think when uh, you and I do Vince Vaughn, it works just fine, baby. I feel like it does, baby. I enjoy when we do Vince Vaughn. Um, so my question to you, vis-a-vis Stranger Things, is have you watched the entirety of it? Yeah. Okay. Um, do you think I will like the entirety of it? I don't know. If you think season two got, quote, too monstery, um, yeah. although I feel like it wasn't any more heavy on that element than season one. Yeah. Um, how how far did you get into it? Well, I'm on I'm on like episode six now. Is this, so and this is as far as you ever got? Yeah, probably. We're we're at the part where like Hopper is, you know, down in the tunnels with the the vines. Oh and, yeah, that's good. The stuff. part where like uh, Will is totally. I I don't like. Okay, and this this harkens back to like our upbringings and satanic panic and all that. I don't like the whole like element of Will being sort of possessed by the by the monster okay that's um, not going anywhere okay so they 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 go off that pretty soon no i said that's not going anywhere not for the entire oh. run of the show so like that that'll continue to be a thing for for the entirety of the show yeah yeah whenever huh. will gets a little you know kind of touches the back of his neck you know something yeah. bad's about to happen because he's he's like the link to the upside down and then yes just fyi the yeah. The next season after the one you're on now, it's less monstery because it's more of like a phenomenon that they're fighting. Although yeah, there are, okay. you know, kind of like some CGI ghouly things in it. But yeah. then the last one that that they've made, they're making one more, yeah. but it's not for a couple of years. The last one that right, right. that's out there now is yeah. like really, really like uh, 1980s slasher horror satanic oh, wow. panic era. The oh. bad guys like Freddy Krueger meets. Um, Jason Voorhees meets Hellraiser and like, you know, his nose is burned off and like, yeah, it's really dark. And uh, I was kind of worried that my kid would have nightmares. He didn't. Dude, I'm worried about that too. Yeah. Yeah. Like I keep looking over at Maxim. I'm like, you okay, bud? You okay, bud? You know, he's like, he's fine. Maxim has a, he has a far higher capacity for grossness than I do. (laughs) And I'm watching it now. This is interesting. I'm watching it as such a dad and such a Calvinist that like, <laughs> like I'm, I'm watching that party scene and I'm like, Oh my gosh, it's going to take somebody days to clean this up. And right. I'm like, are those, are those Cheetos on the counter in the bathroom? Like how did the Cheetos get into the bathroom? Like, <laughs> guys, we talked about this. <laughs> yeah, guys. I mean, can we just keep the Cheetos in the kitchen? You know, like it, it stressed me out to see like how uh, to, to see how dirty that house was. Like I, I was more disturbed by that than the like the Demogorgon, you know. But um, no, but like the the Calvinist part is like I don't know. I'm watching it and I'm watching the upside down stuff, which I could totally live without. By the way, like if it was just a show about like you know, Hopper and Winona Ryder getting together. I would, I would watch multiple seasons of that, but, um, but yeah, like I'm watching it going, are they trying to do some kind of commentary on like sin nature or original sin or like the nature of evil or are they so like without giving it away, are they, are they, are they making some kind of a commentary or is it just 
monster stuff. I don't think you know there's I mean? any deeper like point being made. I don't okay. think there's any lessons learned or or deeper meaning to any of it. I think it's just trying to have fun. Like yeah, it's a remix, right? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like a remix of like homages to of all the yeah. '80s stuff on a certain on the on the horror shelf. Uh, mm. at, at Showtime Video, where I used to go over when I was about seven and look yeah. at all the titles and think about how scary the movies probably were. Yeah, that's right. That's right. No, that makes sense. I mean, I, I'll stay with it. I'll stay with it as long as Maxim's interested in it. And I'm, I'm kind of, I'm more charmed by it this time through, and I'm more eager to watch the episodes, which is a good sign. And I'm, I'm just interested in like seeing how the kids age. So, like, how they aged from season one to season two is kind of interesting to me. So, I'm looking forward to, like, seeing another leap of that from season two to season three. It gets uncomfortable where they keep Will with that, like, Peter Pan haircut and those tiny little shorts. But he's, like, all hairy. And you're like, oh, this guy. gross. You know, they're trying to, like, maintain the, like, kind of. Kid look. Yeah. Yeah. like, Like, the little, like. Spritish look, but but yeah, he's he's obviously become a man, and yeah. it's it's just uncomfortable for everybody. That's and of really course, the the last season, you get some of the left wing, uh, the the liberal kind of agenda yeah. stuff coming in, which you see sure. coming from a mile away. But they, they don't overdo it. So that's yeah. probably in season three. And season three has so so Lucas spoiler mild spoiler. Yeah. Lucas is yeah. dating Max. Uh, the redhead, okay. Billy's sister. Yeah. And then yeah. uh, obviously Mike is always making a play for Eleven, which, by the way, sure. is such a cool character. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, I, I enjoy Eleven for sure. And, and, and by the way, another sp- it's a real spoiler. They bring back yeah. Matthew Modine. So, you oh, know, good. I, I was bummed when Modine bit the dust there at the end of season one. I, I, I like Modine. Modine is another like Mr. 90s figure. Yeah. For me, or 80s, you know? like Memphis Bell. Memphis. Dude, I love the Memphis Vision Bell. Quest. You see Vision yes, Quest? Yeah, wrestling the wrestling movie. movie. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah Matthew so Modine is, is like 80s, but he was 80s with 90s hair. He was 80s with 90s hair, dude. Yeah. What no, a I hero. I've got a weird. I've got Hold a on. Weird no, I, was, I, was, I was like three layers deep into a thing I was saying. Um, okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, but, but they bring back. Oh, right. So. But anyway, they're they're dating, um, and so there's like this awkward relationship stuff going on. Yeah, yeah. And there's a bunch of mall stuff. The entirety oh, of season three, you got to get to season three because I the will. entirety Dude, of I it will. is rooted in Starcourt Mall, which Ugh. opens up and like starts to make downtown die on on the vine kind of deal. And yeah, sure. there are glorious '80s mall scenes that are just I love it. Oh, I can't wait! I would watch just a documentary about that fake mall. Yeah, I can't wait, dude. That's going to be really fun. Um, I have a hair thing and an Indiana thing to run by you about the show. Uh, you mentioned the you mentioned the like sprightly haircut or whatever, and we're watching it and we're looking at season one, and I'm remembering those haircuts, and I turned to KK and I was like, "Kids just had more hair in the eighties. <laughs> they true, had these yeah. massive like." Piles of hair yeah. atop their head. Yep. Like their hair must weigh 10 pounds. You know? Like <laughs> the stronger necks back then. Yes. Like they must have had they must have had really strong, robust necks to hold up all that hair. And my question is, like, kids don't have that much hair now. Like, where did the hair go? You know? Is there something about like nutrition or the environment? Or like, is there something that's like thinned out like the American child's level of hair because it was massive back then. I don't know if you look at like the like broccoli headed 
Zoomers yeah. now. I think that yeah. the potential's still there. You just have yeah. to you have to get in the chair and do the hard work of growing the hair. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> you have to get in the chair and do the hard work of not cutting your hair. Right, so you yeah, have to not yeah. get in the chair, a particular chair right. at the barber shop. But uh, yeah, I, I think I agree that there seems to be almost like a. Uh, this is going to sound dumb because it's not accurate, but yeah. but this is the the only way I can think to put it. Almost more of a three dimensionality to the hair. You know what I mean? Like, oh, I agree. Yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So it's almost like they cut the bottom of it. But they let the rest of it fill out. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes. So it grew like outward, but not longer. But obviously um, kids still have the same amount of hair because the cast of Stranger Things was able to just like slump right into it, right? Yes, exactly. No, it's wild, dude. So yeah, the hair thing is is one. But the other, the other thing I wanted to talk about is... So it's supposed to be set in Indiana. Mm-hmm. And I grew up in Indiana. I grew up in a town a lot like Hawkins. And some of it they get right, like like the 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 downtown, the department stores, the, all the houses look really right. Um, so all of that they got they got right. But then like there's sort of this mountainscape around Hawkins, and there's these like valleys and and these um, you know uh, collections of water uh, that are ringed by like cliff faces and i'm like we had none of that looks very southern california doesn't it it looks very southern california indiana you can like you can be in your car and you can see like five miles ahead of you due to how flat it is yeah Um, well i've driven from the very northern tip where michigan enters into indiana all the way out the bottom and it is it's crazy the the particular brand of highway hypnosis you can get when it's nothing but cornfields on both sides for hours dude totally yeah so that whole stretch between like um the michigan border and indianapolis it's like three and a half hours of nothing you know like you you, you're just not seeing anything when you get into southern indiana is it possible there's a little bit of craggy rocky dude yes so when you get around bloomington it gets a little hillier and a little prettier but but nothing like nothing like stranger things yeah like when Uh, when, uh i think that's in season one when the kid pulls the knife um yeah and there's like yeah somebody's like able to jump to their death. Although maybe was that a quarry? Was that maybe man-made? Or was that supposed to be a naturally occurring kind of canyon? I don't know. Yeah, (laughs) it looked looked like a canyon. But it may have supposed to have been a quarry. But even quarries in Indiana weren't that deep. You know what I mean? It's like... What are you mining? (laughs) Yeah, what are we mining down there? It's cobalt. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Maybe maybe that was, you know, they were trying to dig down to the upside down. It was a government thing. You could could come up with some reason. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, you could come up with some reason. I I do like the idea of that being... There is a sense maybe in which, much like Calvin and Hobbes, which also takes place Mm -hmm. in Indiana... um, Mm -hmm. His backyard seems to be yeah. six thousand acres, like it's it's British Columbia, and yet you know, just like his tiger's not really alive, I dare say, it's just that's when he was a kid. That's what it felt like. I could go in the woods behind my house, and it was forever. And maybe in yeah, the same yeah. way, like this is through the eyes of these kids, and when they think back to you know their experiences as as young kids in in nineteen eighties middle America. Everything yeah. just seems bigger. Everything just seems more cavernous yeah. or mountainous or whatever. Although if Dude, it was flat, so it would true. just probably seem more flat, I guess. I don't know. Well, no. I mean, I, I think to your point, like, and I, I remember this from childhood, and I remember it even from, like, 
driving my kids around my hometown now to like show them stuff. It's so much smaller than I yes. remembered. Yes. And I remember like if I was on my BMX bike sort of across Highway 3, which was really just this two-lane road that cut through town, and I was over at like Sigma Phi Gamma Park, I felt like I was worlds away from my house. But in reality, I was like a like a half a mile, you know? Yeah, and yeah. Agreed. it felt far away. You know, I didn't know as many of the kids over there. You know, it, it felt like this real journey that we were taking. But in reality, it was it was just a stone's throw. But yeah, I, I think that's good. And I, I think the show it does a good job of like selling that idea. You know, the town feels big and the forests feel endless and there's sort of a uh, a nice quality there that I that I'm enjoying, dude. It's um, a bad feeling when you go back and discover. I don't know why it is. I during like COVID lockdown, I did a funeral yeah. in Saginaw, right? Yeah. Um, and it was actually only only funeral I ever did of someone who died of COVID. But the guy was like 99, so I don't know sure, sure. what all the things were. But so like yeah. I went up there, I did the funeral, and then I was like, I'd been stuck inside so long. I'm like, I don't feel like going home right now. I'm not yeah. too far from the town I grew up in. So I drove up to Essexville and yeah. I said to myself, I'm just going to look at everything. Cause it was a lovely day. Yeah. And I thought it would take, cause I went all the way to the Bay city yacht club, um, mm-hmm. on one side, all the way, which sounds very Tony, but is very kind yeah, of yeah. like, <laughs> it is yeah. to scale for Bay city. Yeah. <laughs> and, and the yachts yeah. are not yachts. They're, they're like regular. Sure. Boats. Um, yeah, yeah. but I went from there. I went to my high school, my junior high, my elementary school, my church, uh, mm-hmm. way out to where Aaron used to live, where I used to live to, I went everywhere and mm-hmm. I thought it would take me, like I looked at the, my watch, I'm like, okay, if I'm driving around for 45 minutes to an hour and then I go home, I'll be home in time for dinner. Then I mm-hmm. look at my watch when I'm done and I had gotten mm-hmm. out of the car a couple times. It was yeah. less than 10 minutes. No, dude. It, when I went from, because where I lived, I used to walk to elementary school in one direction. And then when I went got into sixth grade, I'd walk the other direction to my junior high. And I thought of them as being, you know, very far apart. Yeah. I don't know, six blocks, if that. Like, it was it was wow. crazy in, in a vehicle. And I drove around that town all the time, you know, for a couple of yeah. years. Yeah. It's just wild how everything gets so much smaller. It is, dude. I remember having that feeling. This was like probably my sophomore year of college. I had I'd gone to a Blackford High School football game with my dad. And they were doing all the pregame like pageantry and like announcing the players and stuff. And I turned to my pops and I'm like, "Man, the crowd is small tonight." I was like, "This seems this seems way smaller than it was when I played." <laughs> and he looked at me and he goes, that was exactly the same. Like it just in my felt mind, like the whole world was there cheering for Big T. Yeah, it felt like the whole world was there cheering for Big T. I felt like a gladiator, you know. And there was like the the little cloud of like cigarette smoke hanging over the stadium, and the stands were full, and the band was loud, and feeling like a gunslinger, feeling like a king. Yes, feeling like a gunslinger. And then I went and watched it with my dad, and I'm like, oh my gosh, like where did everybody go? This it's is like small, watching you know? the VHS of It's So Hard to Say Goodbye to Yesterday. Just don't go back. And don't yeah, revisit. Don't, no, don't do it. Don't do it. Yeah, exactly. Because exactly. it's better to remember it, you know, yeah, it's like larger than life, like it seems. It's larger than life in your memory, yeah. And so you, you don't want to be reminded of how small it actually was, you know. Um, and there's probably, there's probably a greater like spiritual point to be, to be made there, but I don't know what it is. It's the same as the um, spiritual point of first reformed. 
Yes, exactly. <laughs> We're off Which our rockers. Fair. Couple coots. We're, we are off our rockers, baby. Uh, do we want to draw this episode to a close and do a quick Patreon? Or sure, man. What, what I'm, you know what? Here? Let me tell you what. I'm feeling. I'm feeling like you brought me up from a oh. four to a six point eight emotionally. Dude, I will take that. That feels like a massive success. Indeed, I'm super. I'm super excited about that. So. Zach, we have done what we always do on this program in that we talked a little First Reformed and a little <laughs> bit about what I'm watching on television. Uh, if you haven't done so already, listeners, check out our Patreon. Um, Zach, where can they where can they find the Patreon thing? Uh, Patreon, that's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com. Um, actually, you got to go to uh, HTTP <laughs> colon forward slash forward slash all lowercase www all lowercase dot Patreon dot com all lowercase slash Gut check press. All lowercase. All, all lowercase, all one thing. Actually, before all, all that, <laughs> I don't mean to be, I don't mean to shoot holes in your thing, but before you do any of that, you got to go to the computer. You better right? get on that You're not computer. doing any of that unless you're at the computer. Unless so. Dale's on the computer. He's always on the computer. <laughs> Dale's always on the computer. Dude, and my dad now is always on the computer, oh, too. Yeah? My mom's always complaining about that. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, so, let me let me give you one more little parting yeah, yeah. gift. This is a strange okay. reversal, man. When I first okay. got the Palm Pilot in 2002, yeah. Yeah. my dad got it for me because he had nice. one and he wanted uh, uh, he thought I'd, I'd benefit from it and he wanted to be able to like yeah. beam stuff back and forth and play games. We had a blast with it. Sure. Then I gave my old one to my wife and then my sister got one and so like a bunch of us, I think all of us but my mom had a Palm Pilot at one point. Yeah. Uh, oh, they were, no. the kids were just babies so they didn't have them. Yeah. But like she hated and she would be like, yeah. everybody off those stupid things. We're going to talk. We're going to play a game, whatever. Yeah, yeah. And then, like, somehow we've had this reversal where I'll be at my mother's house. Our whole family will be over. And she's on her, like, iPad all the mm. time. Or she's getting text messages on her smart watch and stuff. And yeah. I'm feeling like I'm the mom of the deal going, like, come on. Can we just can we just talk a little bit? <laughs> yes. Isn't that interesting generationally? Uh, yeah, I have a similar dynamic, I think. And, and that's wild, dude. That's so crazy. And do you think it's because we were like, we were young adults when all that stuff was new. So we kind of ran it out of our systems early and our parents were sort of slow to it, but now they've, they've kind of fully given themselves over to it. So they're, I don't know. I don't know what yeah, it is. Well, or, I mean, they're maybe late adopters, because... they're laggards, but the, yeah, a lot of like Facebook at this point seems to be geared almost entirely toward boomers. To old people. Yeah. 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 That's right. And, and maybe because, you know, now they're, they're all retired and their world's getting smaller. It's, it's a way of keeping their their world bigger their world is getting smaller much like our hometowns have gotten smaller much like our hometowns have gotten smaller. dude if you want to see something hilarious go on facebook uh and go to wendy's facebook page wendy's the restaurant for the the last like five months without ever breaking character they've been running their facebook page like it's several boomers interacting and it is so funny dude that's hilarious yes shout out wendy's um yeah, it sounds like a great idea. Um, we've been running this podcast like that at times today. Um, <laughs> in that we're we're off our rockers, Zachary Bartles. We are. And we are going to call this episode done. We are going to say that we've wandered to and fro. We've done what we always do. And we will see you. Uh, 
I just drove to my old high school and back. <laughs> <laughs> and then I drove to Sigma Phi Gamma Park. It took me two minutes. <laughs> Next time. Then pay phone at your best friend's wedding. Call me in the middle of the night. Send baby, we know where this is heading. Let's make a run for it and get lost.